Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast for music lovers. We've got a great episode planned for you today, but before we begin, as always, please remember to like and comment, subscribe, and share this video with all your friends and your family, uh, especially when you subscribe and you like. It's a small gesture on your part that makes a huge difference on our beha- on our part, rather, so uh, we really, really appreciate it if you do that. Um, Luke, can you give us just a quick rundown of what to expect today while I cue the music? We have music news. As always, we're going to talk about when we're young fest. At least I am. We're going to talk about Halloween songs, the best Halloween songs of all time and our favorite Halloween songs of all time. We are also going to talk about Taylor Swift's new album, Midnight's which is the sensation of the internet in the world, or at least America at this moment. Everyone's talking about it. And then we're going to talk about what I feel is a wonderful, wonderful album by the Arctic Monkeys. It is featured above Michael's head. It's called The Car. The Car. So, you know, (laughs) tell a stranger, get in the garage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) The best music podcast ever made. Wow. Ever. It's like just, I had it, and then it tilted. This is it. This is it. I just don't like this because I have to sit up. Me too. I, I, I look at all our thumbnails, and I'm like this, hunched over. Yeah, it's but it's, you, you get the hunch, man, and then it's, it's, it's all these, over. It's these 20 for $10 library chairs we're using. Oh, yeah, I know. They're bad. I was going to treat them with some cushions, and then I didn't buy them. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Uh, we open every podcast episode with like the latest and greatest news. Uh, Luke, do you have anything queued up on hand that maybe we could go over to yes. start off this uh, week? Like music I mentioned news? in the intro, there when we were Young Fest happened, the first one happened. They just booked another one for next year, but um, the initial one that everyone got excited for a couple months ago finally happened. The first day, Saturday, got canceled because of high winds. Um, and something cool that happened was a lot of the bands that were a part of the festival that day went and played other places so they did like diy shows on the fly all american rejects played a barbecue place which was like overrunning with fans um bring me the horizon played a uh, another show in a hotel lobby who else played here we had um anthony green census fail thursday bayside and they played at the sand dollar downtown uh, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus in Hawthorne Heights played in Luke's a... favorite. Yeah. You know it. Uh, my I played in a band once that opened up for Red Jumpsuit. Pretty good show. Uh, Red Jumpsuit never showed up. But um, <laughs> what are you going to do? At least not... What am I going to do? I'm going to throw up all over the stage. <laughs> you see? You remember the story. Of course I do. Yeah. Michael did not. No. <clears throat> but, um... <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of those people in the scene, like Anthony Green, Circus Survive... Circus Survive. Uh, they all went and played, like, these great shows that were, like, in hotels and downtown, and the new metal band, uh, Kitty... Oh, wait, yeah, went and met somebody. They were on that festival as well, and they went and, like, mm-hmm. met, um, mm-hmm. some people at a Hard Rock. So, that was pretty cool. All the fans that, like, really got together and tried to do something, mm-hmm. and it really was a successful thing of uh that musical genre coming together with its fans so it was very successful two thumbs up and um it's happening again next year with paramore and blink One A two i think headlining okay are you gonna go or i think it was green day and blink Way two i can't remember but it was definitely blink Way two uh no mm, me, <laughs> neither. me neither no <laughs> uh, can i just i also mm. just want to caveat this with yep. i've seen blink Way two 
Yep. I've seen Alkaline Trio. I've seen Motion C Soundtrack. I've seen Say Anything. I've seen a lot of these bands. Yeah. And I don't feel the need to go sure. see them now because, you yeah. know, I enjoyed it in the time where I was enjoying it. So when Yeah, you, yeah. When you were young. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, some new music has been announced by the artist King Tough. I don't know if you saw that, but uh, this rather, but... Uh, King Tough announced uh, a tour, a new album that's due to come out, I think, in January. The tour kicks off in March to promote the record. Uh, and he shared a video for a new song. I'm trying to remember what the name of the song was, though. This is the I redhead guy who small like sings like this, right? No. No. Who am I thinking of? No. Hey, he, King Tough kind of, he has like this kind of. Um, King Tough is on uh, from Vermont. He is yeah. a garage rock. He Black person, Moon Spell, maybe you know that song? He that released album. an album called Was Dead and then released Black Moon Spell on Sub Pop Records. Sub-pop. What the fuck am I thinking? And his last record was the other on Sub Pop Records. But yes, I did see that King Tough is releasing a new album and yeah. it should be very exciting. And it's going to be out on Sub Pop Records. Yeah, the new uh, the new video is pretty cool. It's up on YouTube. You can you can find it, watch it. It's called Smart Small Town Stardust, which is the name. It's the title track for the album, and uh, it's pretty cool. It's kind of like an older bearded King Tough, which I thought was interesting. Like he's got a beard and he's still got the long hair, but um, it's very like Sesame Street looking kind of setup like this like the uh the sound stage that he's yeah. on it's like a looks like it's on a sesame street style it's called vegetable street <laughs> um but i think it's something you know it's it's hearkening back to the fact that he's from a small town in vermont and how like you know living in los angeles was like a real major adjustment for him and stuff and how he in his heart he's just like a small town guy so uh it's kind of a shout out to that too so right on we'll be looking forward to that album coming out yeah. we'll definitely review it in january very cool. Did yep. you guys see Joni Mitchell booked another show um, with Brandy Carlisle? It's going to be in Washington on June 9th and 10th. I believe she's performing on the 10th. So she and Brandy Carlisle got together at the Newport Folk Festival, mm-hmm. and it was Joni Mitchell's first appearance in like 20 years, I think. And everybody, At that festival? Yes. Yeah. And everybody was really, really excited. And because Joni Mitchell returned to the stage after, you know, people thinking she was never going to be able to play mm-hmm. ever again. Yeah. And she's going to play another show. And everyone's really excited for it. I'm really excited for it. Uh, Joni Mitchell playing out more would be really cool. And she, Joni Mitchell herself is really wanting to do this and is the one that is uh, bringing this up. And, you know, yeah. it's not like somebody's coming to her with bags of money. It's something she wants to do. So very excited and uh washington state i assume yes because brandy carlisle as far as i know lives out there yes yeah nice. so very exciting yeah i think a good pairing um you know brandy carlisle clearly an artist who's massively influenced by Joni mitchell and established 10 records or whatever f- mid 40s so it's like you know kind of a nice elder stateswoman and protege type of thing yeah very cool um, I have some legal news. Oh, where's the gavel? We've um, lost the gavel. We've lost the gavel. I had to clean the basement. Order okay, in this order court. in this It's court. right behind you. It's, oh, a, it's, a, it's up on. above. Oh, my goodness. See it? All right, here we go. It's just some legal Justice news. from above. Just, just some legal news on the in the ongoing case. Bailiff. Take him out of here. Um, on the ongoing uh, sort of saga with Kanye West, because we finally, like, we kind of, like, talked about him a little bit. So just something that I think is interesting and uh, I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but uh, he was officially dropped by Adidas, as well as Balenciaga, uh, Foot Locker, TJ Maxx, which I thought was like, what is Kanye West's relationship with TJ Maxx? Well, they sell his shoes there. 
Do they? They yeah, must. After they, well, he's the most popular. Yeah, but TJ Maxx. Oh, TJ Maxx. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know. know. So I don't know how that but, business uh, connection is. But the whole world is cutting ties with him. They were like. Yeah, right, right. So it's like you can really see the whole thing crumbling oh, underneath yeah. him right now. It's crazy. He really yeah. was into their home decor. And they're like, you can't come in here anymore to shop. <laughs> He's like, well, what about home goods? <laughs> they're like, it's, it's, it's owned by the same company. Marshall's too? <laughs> I, bu- I buy my two for $15 pillows here. <laughs> yeah. And expired um, pretzels covered but, in uh, chocolate. So the thi- yeah, right. Oh, my God. That, the, the, the most. The chocolate person. <laughs> Preserves the pretzel, okay. The, the, dude, honest, I always, the food at mine TJ was the, Maxx, you never buy the food at TJ Maxx. Oh, uh, the food from TJ Maxx, the candy, more more specifically, like the chocolate-covered espresso beans and the like, was a common, common uh, staple being thrown in with Christmas presents. It's just like, here's a hoodie and some TJ Maxx chocolate-covered almonds. Mm, <laughs> and you're from, like, mm. from 2018. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, it's interesting. It's all that stuff. It's, you know, um, it's 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 kind of sad, but it's also, you know, kind of wild to watch the whole thing unfold and how, you know. Natural he, consequences, man. Right, and that's the thing, man. Mm. That's the thing. And um, so, anyway. Athletes signed by his, he has a sports management company that has only been started in the past year, I believe. Yeah. He had some big clients, uh, Aaron Donald, who's considered the best defensive player in the NFL, uh, Jalen Brown of the Celtics, and they both have left and made statements about how we don't stand with people with these type of views and blah, blah, blah. Right, right. Yeah, apparently there was uh, a there was a completely yeah. finished documentary about him too that was yeah. just shelved because it's like nobody wants to ever, you know what I mean? They're, everyone's just running, you know. But it's interesting, mm-hmm. the Adidas drop is interesting because – uh, when he was on Drink Champs, he did boast about how, oh, yeah. like, oh, Adidas can't even separate ties with me. And then he also Adidas said is just some like, other Goodbye. things on that podcast. Yeah, so. he, of course. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did. But, you know, it's just. just yeah, they're going to lose, like you said, $246 million. Yeah, so like they're, they're projected yeah. to lose, like, f- the remainder of this year or all of next year. I can't remember. $246 like, million. The world's smallest yeah, violin. Eight, he, he, yeah. and, and it is a big chunk. His his uh, line is. Con- is supposed to be something between 8 and 10% of all Adidas sales, which I had never – that's pretty crazy to yeah. when I saw that. Um, but, yeah, I hope uh, positive things come from this. Then again, I do think, like, when the world is against somebody who has, like, this God complex and persecution thing, like, it might fuel that even more. I don't know. But Yeah, right. That's uh, Well, that's what I, I was thinking. Know. Like, it's, you know – but either way, you know, I, I know we – An artist we like and – enjoy his output yeah. for the most part and right we wish him the best yeah. did you guys see Corey feldman on nbc's the talk oh, oh you know he it say, he sang didn't he with uh yes he did was that Corey feldman i thought it was michael jackson with uh confused uh cory feldman and jerry o'connor jackson back in the day um wonderful version of stand by me the ben e king classic uh from you know referencing the movie Stand by Me that they were both in, um, it's pretty great because Corey Feldman dresses like Michael Jackson and he has a lot of fun in everything he does. And at this point, it's hard for me to even sip the haterade on him because he's putting himself out there in such a weird way. You have to like in appre- such a weird way. You have to appreciate it. You're just like he's full having, commitment, man. Full com- yeah. commits to everything he's doing and he's having fun. It looks like he's having fun. Yeah, yeah. I like how he has a Michael Jackson grease back like ponytail hair and he even leaves a little like yes. fake sideburn little <laughs> I love string it. stringy sideburn piece uh beautiful so um 
Full yeah. commitment. Yeah, full commitment. <laughs> so hopefully <laughs> um, Michael's going to like at least put Sebastian. a little video of uh, the still yeah. of it in there. It's worth looking at. So, uh, And if not, I will definitely make a clip of yeah. us talking about it and show you his uh, wonderful singing. The falsetto is uh, truly to behold. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I, I, for. It, full commitment is admirable. So regardless of what it is. We salute you, Corey yeah, Feldman, you. on this podcast. Michael, salute. Corey Fel- to Corey Feldman. Chimona. To Corey Feldman. Um, <laughs> um, oh, guys, we finally got the apology that we've been needing or been wanting Who said, since, Sorry. I think, 2014. Bono finally apologized <laughs> on the record for forcing that album onto everyone who owned an I'm iPhone. I'm so sorry you brought. Uh, you, I'm so. I'm so sorry. I'm so happy you brought this up. Yeah. Because it's something I wanted to talk about. And, He's like, I may um, have overreached. I brought this. <laughs> I brought. The, I brought Bravo's stupid book up on the music news, and now yeah. he has to talk about all the shit. Yeah. That you put us through. Right. Right. So, if, for those of you who don't know, I think it was 2014. It happened. Uh, where they released an album and they songs, songs of, of innocence. innocence have some respect. Yeah, sorry, Jeff. <laughs> 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 songs of innocence. The ghost of Joey Ramone was rolling in his grave. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, it was released, and then one morning we all just woke up. Those of us who had iPhones, and I'm like, why is Apple this you- products? Anywhere with an Apple product. Yeah, got I was like, album. why the hell do I have this U2 album on my phone? And I had to like look it up, and they were like, oh, he gave it to you for. And I'm like, you're welcome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was like, maybe yeah. no, maybe people didn't want it. He's, He's like, not yeah. only I think in the quote he says, not only did I bring them the milk, but I put my milk in their refrigerator, and some of them were lactose intolerant. Some sort of weird analogy referring to how he's like the milkman bringing Why? the milk. It would have been a non-issue. Well, a lesser of an issue. If the album wasn't dog shit, <laughs> the album sucks. And every time you would plug wanna, your phone in. I just want to point back that. Uh, it would autoplay. It was the my, first thing that played every time. My buddy Jan over here, I believe, was in charge of Rolling Stone when that album came out, and they gave that album a perfect five and said it was a modern classic, all that good stuff. No you know? way. Yes, yeah. they did. Wow. I remember that one. That one, you, I was like, uh, what? They like they perfect five that record. Like, boom, came out. No way. Yeah. They, uh, they, they I feel like it. there's some foul. There's some. Well, they did it to another yeah. album that just came out recently, so. Yeah. Well, um,. That wraps about music news, I think, right? Are we all good on music news? I feel good on music news. Jeffrey, you good? I feel good. Um, so we thought it would be a fun thing, seeing that it's late October and Halloween is right around the corner, that we would sort of just like rattle off some of our favorite Halloween hits. We were working in the lab wa- late one night. Yes, exactly. Oh, working in the lab <laughs> late one night. Um, so uh, we figured we'd do like just like a fun roundtable discussion. Everybody you know, has, I think, maybe like, well, we're going to try to do like five picks each, but if we have honorable yeah. mentions, you know how these things go. People, sure. you watch this podcast, you know what we do. So... Luke, why don't you start us off, and then we'll go snakey, snakey. Snake, snake. I will start us off with what I feel is the most Halloween classic of all time. Um, In my book, it is The Misfits Halloween, released October 31st, 1981. It is the first Misfits thing ever released to use the classic Misfits logo. Mm. It's the first one that says just Misfits, not the Misfits. I really love this song. It is everything that's great about Halloween, bonfires burning bright, pumpkin faces in the night. I remember Halloween. Um, This day, anything goes, burnt bodies hanging from poles. 
Can you oh boy! Great. <laughs> I mean, there you go. Great spooky Halloween go. lyrics. Uh, shout out to Halloween Part Two. If you're into shamanic rituals, check it out. There you go. Uh, I'll piggyback off of you. I'm going to go with my boy Danzig. Just would like to point this out that Luke and I had this discussion before uh, Jeff got here today. And we were talking about Danzig. And I'm like, is and he's like, yeah, evil is Halloween. I'm like, all right. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Danzig's M.I. Demon. Uh, it's an evil Halloween. song. Yeah, he's, demons, are, demons Halloween. are Halloween. Yeah, and yeah. he's, I mean, he's a spooky kind of guy, that Glenn Danzig. He's a very evil guy. Yeah. Am I a... Demon is the music video where he's hung on the cross, right? And then <laughs> they put the the demon head, uh, the goat head on him, yeah. and he becomes the crucified goat demon. They didn't play on MTV. You had to buy a VHS of it. We have that VHS yes. somewhere. It exists in one of our houses. Somewhere, somewhere. So there you go. Am I Demon by one Glenn Danzig as my demonic first choice for my Halloween playlist. From Danzig 1, 1988 or 89, I think? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, I'm going to do two picks back to back. My first is a song, I believe it's from the late 50s, and it's I Put a Spell on You by Screamin' Jay Hawkins, who is screaming during this track. He sounds like a witch doctor or being possessed, uh, a classic where's pig tusk and yeah and just very like dun, 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 dun. oh it's like, so good very sc- creepy sounding yeah classic um, Halloween. the most the most halloweeny version of that song and yeah. then like nina simone like makes it like so creepy and like right. to your soul later yeah. um and then my second pick is a song about a witch sung by a witch and as rhiannon by fleetwood mac yeah uh you know Great Halloween song. Yeah. But she flies like a man in the night. Yeah. Yeah. Just a great one. Jade's going to love that pick. As well as my next pick. <laughs> you did you too, right? Yes, yes. sir. Um, my next song is Black Number One, Little Miss Scare All by the band Typo Negative uh, from 1993. Um if you know i went looking for trouble and i found her you know it's this whole thing where it's you know this very somebody no 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 he's he's like in love with this uh this um he's in love with this evil demon lady lady. yeah and he's talking about how you know she likes the dark and on her milk white neck the devil's mark you know yeah and all that kind of stuff fucking rad man yeah it's cool it's a good song man people sleep on typo negative they are a spooky band for sure like they're like vampire metal you know but if you go to the early stuff it's like super and it's like it's cool punk ish kind of thing too happening so anyway black number one little miss all typo negative Listen to it. It's a beautiful Halloween, uh, you know, anthem. <laughs> you want to call it that? All right, Luke, you got two picks back to back. Okay, I'm going to give you some punk classics here and some deeper cuts. We're going to go with Chainsaw from the Ramones' uh, first album in 1976. Chainsaw is a song about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, and how his girl got murdered by the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family, and she's never coming back, and he's real sad, and it's sung in, like, a 50s, like, doo-wop rock and roll style. Mm. Um, and he says massacre, like, massacre, which is one of my favorite, like, vocal afflictions ever. Uh, so check that out. And I'm also going to give you uh, I Kill Children from the Dead Kennedys Plastic uh <laughs> Hear me out. Yeah. Uh, plastic surgery disasters. I believe that's 1981. Um, I'm gonna give you the lyric in the song. Uh, I want to hear them scream, feed them poison candy, spoil their Halloween. 
uh, I Kill Children. Very good. So, yeah. I, you know, great song. Yeah. I, also, the beginning of that song, uh, singer Jello goes, uh, God told me to skin you alive. Mm. And it jumps in the chorus. <laughs> I Kill Children. Really great song. <laughs> really great song. Check really. it out. Spooky it's shit. Good, good for the whole family. Yeah. Um, my next song is going to be by the, uh, uh, the Danish sort of metal god himself king diamond uh formerly of merciful fate he has a song and it's called you guessed it halloween uh it's all that great all like amazing king diamond wild falsetto that's you know does all this crazy stuff um it's off of the album oh crap uh fatal portrait which i think is the second record from or it's an early one i'm sorry it's an early one. i was thinking merciful fate but Check it out. King Diamond. Uh, he dresses in corpse paint and has an upside down cross on his forehead and he looks like a crazy demon clown. It's amazing. Check him out. Oh, boy. So cool. there you go. <laughs> um, my next pick is a song. I think it's from the mid-60s by Dusty Springfield. And it's called Spooky. It's a little groovy oh, yeah, song about being out on a date when it's scary and dark at night. Just um, a very fun, catchy song. And my other pick is... A classic by Warren Zevon, Werewolves oh, of London. I almost picked that one. Which <laughs> is just, uh, you know, yeah, just very hokey. It's like a, it's like a bar room karaoke. It's like, <laughs> it's like Pizza Palace. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, exactly. Jukebox classic. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh man. All right. Was that that was two? Yes. All right. I'm gonna go with the king of. Uh, zombie metal I'm rob fucking zombie man living dead girl i was gonna go with dragula but i decided to go away a little bit and, do, I, and go dead with living girl dead girl is now is this rob so zombie good. or white zombie it is rob it's, zombie okay. it's on hellbilly deluxe is the name oh, of the yes. record uh, living dead girl great song oh it's so good this is a good song i don't want to sound offensive but this is very <laughs> much the like uh alternative like uh strippy song oh like yeah Rob Zombie, Rob is, Zombie makes like yeah. songs for like girls with like tattoos to like, yeah. kinda, like strip and dance to yeah. which yeah. is you know they, it's fine they need hard rock songs hard, it's it's it is the it's the best setting for mm. his you know, music yeah living dead girl I great think. uh wonderful Halloween classic yeah, yeah. <laughs> director of the later Halloween movies and uh yeah. hills have eyes yeah hills, no no not hills have eyes oh uh, he House did of a Thousand, thousand Corpses Thank you. and The Devil's Rejects. Thank you. That was the one. Anyway, so there's mine. Luca? And the new Monsters movie, which oh. is supposed to be one of the worst movies ever made. Really? It's on Netflix or something. Is oh, it out now? I want to watch I it. I believe it's out. Oh, I think it's on Amazon Prime like sure. for something. Oh, it got buried appropriately. Yeah, it got buried appropriately. So that's four each. If so we want to do Jeff five, Bezos. we can each pick one more or we can keep going, whatever you guys want to do. I'll pick. I'll, I'll, do, I'll go one more. Okay. I'm going to go for like a... Uh, one that's like not necessarily like you know Halloweeny, but it's a uh, paint of black by the Rolling Stones. I feel yeah. this song is incredibly spooky. It's yeah. uh, he wants everything black. It's evil. He wants to see the sun blotted out from the sky. Mm -hmm. It's so moody. It's definitely like, got some like evilly <laughs> undertones to it. And I think it's one of the first songs in the rock canon to be like truly like pushing like you know just how mm -hmm. moody and like uh, you know. Yeah. Unpleasant you could be in a song. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's my choice. Uh, yeah, I could do another one. Um, let me see. Oh, yeah. I'll do, I'll go with The Devil Went Down to Georgia, man. Cause I feel like that's kind of, you know, 
it's like Southern Halloween. <laughs> you know? I don't know. Would you agree? It's about Jeff the devil. Jeff does not agree with no, you. No, I'm, I'm good with that. It's about the devil. I can do a, I can do a different one. Can I, can I do tell a different you a story? One. I had a backup. Can I tell you guys a story about the devil down in Georgia, which I might have told in this podcast before? But one time when I was a young boy, I was at a wedding, and they played the devil down in Georgia. And this man got up who was in a full cowboy outfit and started doing a like what seemed like a choreographed dance but <laughs> then seemed like not because he started doing crazy like backflips out of nowhere backflip after backflip after backflip <laughs> the hillbilly backflip, backflip. <laughs> and this man was in no shape to be doing backflips and he was in was cow- he pulling him off yes and he was in cowboy boots and by the Did you get a lot of that moonshine in you and not tell him what you're gonna do by the like Backflip, backflip, back. The the later backflips, he was starting to not pull them off, and oh. somebody had to be like, "You had to stop, Jim." <laughs> cool, Jim. Oh. Cool with the backflips. And anyway, it was one of the wildest moments of my entire life. And the devil. Every time we had the well, devil went down to Georgia, I think of this overweight man doing backflips in cowboy boots at a wedding at the oh French Club. Yeeha! Well, you know what? If uh, if it doesn't necessarily fit into the Halloween playlist, it yeah. was definitely worth hearing that story because that's was. amazing. Um, um, Jeffrey. Yes, I also miscounted. You get to do one more. I miscounted um, the men, Liz. Yeah. Um, my last pick is uh, just maybe one of the best movie themes of all time. Uh, one of the corniest songs, Ghostbusters by Ray Parker oh, Jr. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it starts off with a... And then it's just like... Straight up cornball. Yeah. I love it. What is something strange? I like how they play <laughs> it throughout the whole movie, like the entire time. <laughs> like somebody opens the door and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> and Luke, you got one more. Uh, let's Sorry. Okay, Sorry so miscounting. We really didn't go with like some of the more obvious classics. Sure. We kind of threw some deep ones in there. I'm going to kind of go for a one that I just realized how spooky it was recently. Mr. Crowley, which I didn't realize. Oh, yeah. Is Alistair Crowley. Crowley. I was an idiot. I've been listening to this song since I was 13 years old, and I've never. Co- this and is I've, Ozzy. Yes, yeah. and I've never connected that, and I've known who Aleister Crowley is forever. Yeah, and I know that Jimmy Page messes with that shit. But then I was like, oh, Aleister Crowley, Mr. Crowley, that's yeah. he talks to the dead. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're gonna go with Mr. Crowley. Shout out to that wonderful, beautiful, like uh, I believe it's four times overdubbed uh, tapping guitar solo by mm. Randy Rhodes on that, yeah. which is mind blowing. It's four times you play the same thing mm. it's no computers check it out mm. um you, you i mean you mentioned movies so if we're gonna if i if i can throw my movie uh, <laughs> sure. halloween song in the ring uh i'll go this is halloween man but in okay. Nightmare before christmas and yeah. not because i have a three-year-old and have heard it Danny 18 Elfman. times in the last two weeks but <laughs> i've uh, never seen that movie you've never seen nightmare before christmas it's worth a watch I think it's worth a watch. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's Tim Burton. It's, it's heard like good things. it's Tim Burton-y. I just never have seen it. Yeah. Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Burton. Anyway, um, all right. Cool. Do you guys have anything else? I'm good. You yeah, good? good? All right. Well, let's take a break. Uh, and when we come back, we're gonna hit you with our two new album reviews. We'll be right back. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hoffner Guitars. I have here the Hoffner Shorty. It is a full scale travel size guitar you can find this and all of their products at hoffnerguitars.com all right everybody welcome back to get in the garage we're the music podcast for music lovers time for your two new album reviews this week we're gonna kick it off with kick it the 10th studio album by taylor swift it's called midnight's 
produced by Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff, two weeks in a row with Jack Antonoff behind the mixing boards. Yep. Um, additional producer Soundwave, John Sweet, Braxton Cook, and Keanu Beats on two of the tracks. Um, a little trivia about this album. It says that this album had the most vinyl sales in one week of the 21st century. Really? Yes. It became the fastest selling album vinyl sales since Taylor Swift's own album Reputation five years ago. And after its first day available, it was the biggest selling album of 2022 so far. Wow. Really? Physical copies. Physical, Physical copies. copies. Which is a feat nowadays, man. It's a feat. I did yeah. notice that the records themselves, there were a lot, a lot, a lot of special versions of records. I think there was like four or five alternate covers, four so or five alternate like color patterns on the vinyl. Getting into it a little bit, this yes. would mean that one fan may have bought one or two or three or four or all five of the records. Because they're all collectible and she has a very dedicated devout fan base so that is a way to bolster your sales in this new vinyl market and industry mm -hmm. and she did that so congratulations to her the covers are all very classy yes. um so we have that the album is midnight's right and Correct. we have the uh themes of 13 songs written uh, in the midnight hour, as Wilson Pickett once said, do they hold up to the classic tune once recorded at Stax? What do we think? Um, I can start a little Go bit. Go for it. I will say that I am a feeling a little bit more critical about this record. I would... I mean, I didn't really connect much with it. I mean, it's 44 minutes long, so it's not a chunker. It's not too long. It's definitely not... This record's not too long. It's uh, It sits in a nice place. Um, I think that the concept is good. I think that maybe some of the subject matter that she covered was good. However, the substance within the subject matter I found not to be super effective. And I found it, instrumentally speaking, a little bit too one note for my like. I don't think that it was a bad record as much as I think it was just a record that didn't interest me very much. I like the concept. I like the whole thing. I saw the cover. I was like, oh, this is kind of like a Blue Note-looking album cover. This looks like this could be a jazz record. So I was thinking, like, ooh, is she going to get into something, you know, maybe a little bit more, you know? Gaga sang with Tony Bennett, you know? So you never know. Like, you know, she's another famous pop star. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, it, I'm just saying, is it was it really worth all the hype? That, How familiar uh, are you guys? Sure. Are you guys with her previous albums? Uh, I know the hits. That's okay. pretty much where singles, I'm at. Hits. Yeah, singles, singles, hits, singles okay. and hits. So you so know, this album is. Um, she had two albums released in 2020, which were both folksy, acousticy, mm. you know, not quite country, but singer songwritery stuff. Stuff. Uh, this album is pop and that 80s throwback type of sound electronic yeah. instruments but it's also pretty uh like tame there's a couple songs that are kind of big dancey ones but i thought that this album was kind of like a more mature more subdued sequel to the album 1989 i agree which i came listen, out i did listen to that album that came out what almost a decade ago 2013 uh, 2014 maybe okay. um and that was the that was an album that was 
using all these electronic type stuff. Um, but I think that the, the Sonic palette is pretty similar, but this is a little bit more nighttime feel, a little bit more yeah. downplayed instead of like kind of back. big radio anthems. Uh, I, yeah, Taylor Swift's music doesn't connect to me, with me very much, but I do, I can appreciate her songwriting. I can mm. appreciate the singing and, um, it's polished and it's, you know, good presentation and good songs, but also like Taylor Swift has this thing for me where she like resides in the uncanny valley of like authenticity where you're like, these lyrics seem like from your heart, but also seem like what someone would expect if you are trying to write from your heart. <laughs> like you don't, it's kind Can of I, like where it, where no, cause I that's, that's yeah. the issue yeah. I've always had with Taylor Swift music yeah. is, um, obviously the claim of great writer and me yeah. and Mike are like talking about this. She was a great writer. Okay. So also too, I want to point out that we are not old men shitting on Taylor Swift. We are uh, Taylor Swift is older than I am. She is 32 years old. I'm a 30 year old. She's one year younger than me. And she's two years. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think, and I think her stuff's good. I just, but, but I don't connect with all of it. Before, yeah. I like some of it. I'm just yeah. saying before we continue, we're, you know, yeah, we're not just gets, trying to shit on Taylor Swift. Like the, it's not, uh, you know, that's no, it's a good where album. the, where the, we're just talking about, you know, the men that, yeah. you know, get, you know, but yeah. her do, lyrics do feel like that to me. Like at a time she was the writer for her generation. She mm -hmm. wrote songs of that age. Now we're 30, so mm. a lot of the stuff is like needs to come out more like a lot of the things she's describing, like in Lavender Haze. Mm. Lavender Haze is this uh, thing where it's supposed to be the love that the love spell you're in. Mm. Well, in the song Lavender Haze, for me, she doesn't describe this the what that love spell of Lavender Haze feels like. She's kind of more describing of how people want to take it away from her, which is fine, but. Do you know what I mean? A little mm. more like nuance push in like the what does it mm. feel like to, when you are falling in love? Describe what that lavender haze is, because just to say the phrase to me really doesn't mean much to me. Yeah. As somebody that's coming in, I want to come mm. in and I want to like this album. I don't want to be an outsider, but I also find that her lyrics are coded in her own lyricism. From like this song is a reference to the, the, yes. the, the, like yeah, four yeah. song albums yeah, yeah. back and. If you I if you just want to enjoy this album as like a new fan, where I found this year a lot of people, and there were articles written about this, and I was talking to this about Mike, where a lot of um, men that were not into Harry Styles this year were openly like, you know what, I really like Harry Styles, mm. and it was like an open album that kind of invited a lot of people in, where you're kind of doing that, where you're kind of referencing yourself in your history fine to do you have a giant fan base and you can do it but at least someone like me being like i you, i'm never going to understand that reference because it's so buried in your yeah, if you start here mythology. you dig deep yeah and especially like the the subject matter of a bunch of these songs it's like yeah it's like there's a mirror it's like a house of mirrors where i can't mm -hmm. tell where the real person is but there's songs like there's uh anti-hero there's yeah. vigilante shit there's mastermind so it's like yeah. all this stuff where it's like Hmm. Are are you the perfectly meticulously cr crafted pop star? Yeah. And now you're being like self-referential about that. Oh, I, I just can't. Also, we can't leave this podcast. Know, I just... you, you mentioned the song "Antihero." Uh, what is "Sexy Baby"? What is the "Sexy Baby" reference? Thirty Rock. It, it has to be yeah. the Thirty Rock it episode. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think it is. I'm a yeah, giant yeah. Thirty Rock fan. Well, so. she says "Sexy Baby," and then the, she uses the Liz Lemon line. Oh, the monster. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Monster on the Hill or whatever the. Oh yeah, yeah you're right. So I mm-hmm. would guess, but uh, yeah. some people are highly debating that it is not a Thirty Rock reference. It sounds like it is to me, um, which is that episodes. Yeah. I, I don't know. So. But that whole, is she Liz Lemon in this scenario? It's very funny. Are other yeah. people Liz Lemon to her? Uh, very, I don't know. But It's um, honest songwriting, and it, it just doesn't... It just doesn't connect, fu- it yeah, doesn't connect to me for the same reason doesn't, yeah. you said it. It's like the walking through a hall of mirrors, and I can yeah. never like place my foot anywhere to be like, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just be like, oh, that's a person, place, thing, now an adjective. Um, and you can describe the feeling and the 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 first place thing. No, no. yeah, it's out. <laughs> well, I'm not trying to be. That's my cri- that's my critical critique of her writing. Right, it's, and you're a lyric. You go it, into the lyric the, stuff. It's yeah. the lyric where she's talking. Um, the Lana J. Ray song where it's snow on the beach. Yeah. So, snow on the beach. It's really fucking weird. Okay. Well, what what is like snow on? The- Just the idea of it. It's weird. See, it's that kind of writing that yeah. doesn't really. Yeah. I want the. Or generic, it's generic. Or I want it to be such a labyrinth of mysterious, oozy, goozy word soup that I can just lay whatever I, whatever kind of jive I want on it. There's a lot of word soup on this record. Well, I feel like the (laughs) it's alphabet. The the next next record we're gonna talk about is more of like a wordy, like ooh, like what do you, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) What the fuck are you talking about? But in a different way. So I hear you. Um, that being said, the Things that was my critique. Things I liked about this record. Question: Like that song was cool. I really liked the beat on that and the way she was phrasing it. I also like Bejeweled, where she was like talking about oh, that how was, that might have been my least favorite song. I liked where she really? was asking the boys in the band. That starts with the Omni chord. Uh, like little. I think so. Yeah. That's where she was like asking the boys in the band if yeah. they. Yeah. Um, still thought, you know, if like, oh, they're asking her if she was single and she was like, I might be that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I like that line a lot. I thought that was fun and like cool. Um, also I need to shout out, uh, I think it was in vigilant shit. I hope I'm not wrong. The, uh, best line in the record, which is he was snorting lines while crossing mine, which is one of my favorite, or he was doing lines while crossing mine. Yeah. Uh, Wonderful world, uh, wordplay, Taylor, and I like a good, funny drug reference. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna shout that one out yeah. as great lyrics. And um, yeah, I vigilant shit was really more interesting. I did wish it like broke more into like a thematic like, da, mm. but because yeah, it, yeah. it was like all tension. Um, but that was cool. And you know, I did like Maroon how lyrically she was describing the colors of. Her life, which is another reference to, mm-hmm. I had to look up the Taylor Swift red, which was she was describing uh, her life in the color red. Mm-hmm. This was interesting and lyrically good, like I thought really great, where she was describing her life in the shades of maroon, which was a more like adult. That was my other shade least favorite song. of red. Maroon? Oh, see, lyrically, yeah. that's where I was getting in more with her because I was like, I can get down with this. Like, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. Like, I like that, you know? Um, yeah. Also, Karma is the new ironic for our times. Yeah, that was the has to that be. should be the big single off of this. I, I, assume. I don't know. I hope she pushes it as a single. I think it's um that song yeah. to me is like f- more funny and mm-hmm. self-effacing and she is like playing with the word in the same way Lance Morissette played with ironic where nothing is really ironic and nothing is really karma in what she's saying in the yeah. real sense of yeah. the word um cuz she says it's like a dog um, and like all this other yeah. stuff that it's yeah. fun. So what do you think, Mike? 
yeah, I mean, pr- pretty much every song that Luke rattled off, I'd say, pro- you know, I, li- I like the Vigilante shit. I was bumping that when I uh, when I was on my way here, and uh, that sounds that actually sounds really good in the car. It's like, boom, boom, you know, yeah. This record that. sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds really cool. And uh, but I, I did, I did actually like Maroon, uh, Antihero as well. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's pretty much similar uh, with me as well with uh, with Luke. Again, it was just it. Was, this was I, I don't know why it was just a very challenging listen for me. It's and the I Hall just, of Mirrors, man. Like Jeff yeah, said. I just it was I don't, but I don't. But it's it, like pop music made by an android. Yeah. <laughs> well, what were some of your what were some of your favorite songs? Um, I liked Snow on the Beach. I liked that, you know, simple, catchy melody and the mood it evoked. And Lana Del Rey must be just like kind of singing with her. It's not like Lana Del Rey is featured can, on a verse. You or almost kind of can't tell yeah. when she's on the track. Um, I like the song "You're on You're on Your Own, Kid." Um, that's the one that's pretty much like just very muted, like single note. I think it's keyboard stuff, and then it kind of like builds little by little throughout the song. Um, we are exact opposites because that one I was like, oh, that was like my least favorite song. In that oh, okay. Because yeah. I was like, for me, I was like, that's er- that sounds like early Taylor Swift. Like that could yeah, have I been on, like her first it. album. Mm. Yeah, I liked it because it was just so simple, and I like songs. Simple songs, you can't get away with like, well, we just put all this shit all over it, and now it sounds like a good song. Right. It's like mm. you got to strip it back to its most uh, basic elements. Um, and Karma, because Karma, uh, like you said, is like. She's making all the analogies and all the things, and you know it should be a big hit. It's catchy. Uh, overall, this album, it's like it sounds really good. Like there's a lot of ear candy. It's a like I don't want to say a lot of polish and make it sound like it was over polished to death, but it's like a very well made album. Um, she kind of does nothing less than well made for the past fifteen years, and uh, but yeah, it's just like I just can't connect to at least half of this material because it's like i'm not a 30 year old white girl who's had her heart broken and stuff and she sings a lot about that right so it's like and it is here's here's my critique for this is i've listened to albums this year by 30 year old women who had their heart broke and i connected to them bam like that well this is this is like for me this is her turn to the more this is the the album covers mature the a facing is more mature the beats are more mature because there's no pop banger on this album like you stated yeah. in the intro mm-hmm. but it doesn't quite go the foom through the door like john mayer's continuum was like full visioned like adult contemporary is she trying point. to though I thought I think so. I like, don't know. She released well, those two albums that are like folk albums. Yeah, right, I don't know. right. So I, I think she's trying to go serious album artist, and this is like an album that has a theme. It has a vision. It was showed to us like that. It was yeah. rolled out to us very theme thematically. Yeah. So I think she's trying to be more of an album oriented artist as opposed to a pop star because she's already been a pop star. It works in that tone definitely. Is it a classic classic album? Who you know? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I feel like the th- I think I think for me the the reason why I kind of maybe this fell in lesser favor for me is simply because there have been a lot of albums that have been released by female solo artists or female like bands that just kind of overshadowed this album for me. Like, that Soccer Mommy was killer, that Angel Olsen was killer, Santa the Gold. Horse Girl was good, Santa Gold was great. You know what I mean, Horse Girl? I love Horse Girl. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, 
you know, man, it's that whole thing where I'm like, you know, it's good, but it's, you know, we critique music here and this is what we do and we pick nits and we do the whole thing. And for me, I think maybe that's why it's just because like I've already been like, holy shit, these are some like really, really killer albums for this one. It just felt a bit underwhelming for me, I guess like you could say, you know, so. Well, my but, karma is my hair on the breeze on the weekend. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, all right, let's get so let's do some ratings though. Let's do a round table real quick with ratings. It's going first. Mm. I'll go yeah. first. All right, go first. Uh, I'm going seven five. Good album. If you're into Taylor Swift, you're gonna love this record. I just don't think it like crosses the. It's not a ten for me. It's definitely like a seven five. Great listen. All the songs are good. There's yeah. not there's not a bummer on the record. So. Uh, that's how I feel about it. Definitely. Yeah. For me, I'll go. I'll, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go solid seven. I I I'll, I'll give it a couple more listens. I don't think I'm gonna like put this one completely out of the count. You know what I mean? I think I need to give it maybe like another couple listens, and you know my opinion might change. But where I stand right now, just because of the way that I kind of took it for the first week. Yeah. This like this is a seven for me as well. Um, Thirteen songs. I think six or seven of them are really great i think three or four more are good songs and i would skip three or four of these songs yeah so right on so there you have it what do you guys think let us know in the comments below uh okay onward to our second album review luke would you like to uh, bring us into this because i feel like you really really love this album man yes we are going to talk about the arctic monkeys who have released their new album which is entitled the car is very anticipated <laughs> their last album came out in 2018 it was called tranquility base hotel and casino on that record they changed up their sound incredibly and kind of were doing like a david bowie theme space hotel thing and a lot of fans were very disappointed from their change up from their rock style not which this fan had broke up on am i like this record. their breakthrough album in at least america and now we are on to the I would say third album in their major American breakthrough since AM. I mean, they've been a big band in America, but they're not like number one on the British charts, you know, as a like major force in America. Sure, sure. So, uh, their car, the car has just been released, and it is on the kind of theme of their last album in the more strolling out, instrumental, not hard rock. We have pianos, jazz influence. There is, you know, some Steely Dan style stuff, some Isaac Hayes reference stuff on here, mm. uh, and a lot of piano and crooning vocals. No shouting and yelling and talk screaming in a British accent. So those days are long there's gone. There's a lot of British accent on but this. But there's a lot of British accent. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? Sheffield accent. Uh, I, I love this album. At first, I was a little bit, you know, okay, so like I put this album on for the first time. And it, this is going to be why my, my one major critique for the record is that I was not a huge fan of the way the like how he's right on the mic the whole time and it's dry and it's the where it kind of sits in the mix. It could be. Oh, you didn't like that it, at first okay. at first. But like getting to like know this record and falling asleep to it quite a few times <laughs> and like really kind of having it just sort of like seeped in my brain. Um, that, that's just, that's how it has to be. Like it's, he, he, th the way that it's, it all kind of fits in. Once you listen to it a couple of times, you're like, oh, this all fits in perfect. And then you like blink and it's over. It's 10 songs. It's just over 37 minutes long. So it's not a super long record, but it is like it to me, 
the first thing I said was like, oh, he's like doing this Bowie thing. And then I'm like, oh, there's kind of like a there's kind of like a Roger Waters talking thing that kind of happens a little bit too. Like that it was reminiscent of like, like uh, you know the Fletcher Memorial song. Now yeah. the final solution will be final cut. You know, yeah, it it gave me that kind of vibe where it's like it's almost like Roger Waters right on the mic. Like you can hear his tongue moving like with his cheeks almost. Like you get that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I, the, I I loved it from the first note, man. The first song, uh, there'd be a better mirror ball when it's like, no, 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 and it like jumps that it's step, like and you're Bond. like, whoa, yeah. yeah. And it's like so, it, it like it puts you in this like you feel like you're in a universe all of a sudden. You're in this world of this record, you know. Yeah, this record is a it's a world, and all the songs have. Uh, a couple common elements there. I believe there's string arrangements on every single song. Yeah, lots of string um, arrangements. Yeah, and unlike previous Arctic Monkeys track uh, albums, where they kind of switch up the vocal sound track by track, um, they're known like before this album as having that heavy saturation, pushed like tube distortion, that gritty kind of. Uh, garage rocky slapback delay stuff on the vocals and this vocals is like super clean like they they record these vocals like a classic like frank sinatra album mm. um i loved the way alex turner sounds on this album the singing i mean the singing is great it's his best singing in my opinion and just the sound like it's like the best natural sound of a voice it yeah. it it doesn't have any adornment it's adornment it's just uh it's very uh like if you start contrast to their other stuff which is like good singing but it all has that like the distortion stuff all over it right this is like nice and full and like yeah yeah it's cool and the strings are crazy on sound oh i love i love that we talked we talked about that day before yesterday we were driving and we're like dude what's with the strings on this the opening where it just like gives you like the it gives you that little taste and then the elton john Yeah. And it was so it referenced all these mm-hmm. kind of like great British artists. I yeah, thought yeah. too, super Beatlesy in a lot mm-hmm. of places with those string arrangements going over stuff, and lyrically, I thought they were like top of their game on this record. Mm-hmm. He's the album's called the car. The first song, Mirror Ball, he's referencing the car. He's uh, what would, uh, I would imagine would be a song about a breakup as he's walking a uh, girl to the car and. Everything on this album, like not everything, but a lot of the songs relate back to how you felt in the car at the moment in that time. The uh, side two starts off referencing the car again, and uh, there's another song on here that references a car. But um, mm. so there's a lot of that like isolated, you, what looks like the cover mm. feeling on this album. Did you get like a lot of Steely Dan vibes? Because even on the first song, Mirrorball, I was getting like the the uh, kind of uh, uh, the first song off of Asia, uh, uh, Black, Black Cow. Cow. Yeah, I was getting like, uh, um, dump. yeah, I don't know if I got Steely Dan vibes, but this album has a lot of um, like chordal twist and turns and like unexpected places the song goes to. So in that way, I can see that. Um, the artist that I was thinking about when I listened to this was number one, David Bowie, especially the, uh, especially like the Black Star, the last album that David Bowie made. It's very uh, reminiscent of that. Um, this band Timber Timber uh, from Canada, it's very reminiscent of that type of music. And also, um, 
very, very big, Serge Gainsbourg, who is like a crooner from France who was big in like 63 to mm. 75, especially. You ever see the album cover with the girl? I think it's a girl with curly hair and she's wearing bell, bell bottom pants. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's blue. Yeah, so yeah. you know exactly. So it's all that like adult laid back smooth lounge it's still funky but it's not like pushing a groove but it's like nice and like boom i believe and lots of string arrangements it's very reminiscent of the of the serge gainsbourg Mm. stuff and mr schwartz had like a bossa nova yeah yeah which is right uh, yeah james bond soundtrack music like the way that's all you know yeah classic Um, yeah and just there are some great like Excellent sounds like I love that Doomy track. I think it's like the third track. Um, sculptures, sculptures if anything goes like whatever textures they're getting on the drums, especially and like the that Doomy like type yeah. of like fuzz, maybe a baritone guitar or something. Um, I really like oh, that. Oh, um, Moog. That is Moog synthesizer. Oh, I looked up one. what that is. That's mm. uh, yeah, it's yeah, Moog and uh, distorted uh, bass and guitar yeah. on top of it. Yeah, but. I like that song "Big Ideas," which is basically like mm-hmm. singing, and it sounds like maybe a Fender Rhodes, and just like a swirling string arrangement. That's like the chorus crazy. on that, where he's like, "I had big ideas." Yeah. Like when he's singing that, like the artistic growth of this band, and like yeah. the way they can make a song like that compared, they I just <laughs> growth. Yeah, and this this yeah. album was pre- like it's interesting to see the the progression of this band because they've worked with James Ford, the producer um, since their, I believe since their third album, which I think was humbug, which was like two, that was like 2010, 2009. Um, And it's just very interesting that the same guy who produced like humbug or AM produced this and like was responsible for a lot of string arrangements, especially James Ford also is multi-instrumentalist plays many instruments on a bunch of Arctic Monkeys songs. Um, But this is like, this band has now become, especially in the last decade, it's Alex Turner's music. And then like the guys play it and realize his vision. And it's just like, I thought tranquility based hotel was that was a left turn. Cause that was like, we're, we're doing David Bowie style music now. But even that still had like some rock and roll in it, and this is this album is like m- like matured, loungy, sophisticated. Like it's just a completely different palette. It's just yeah. like very there very different music. There wasn't even a thought of like should we have like put in a harder. No, it yeah. doesn't matter. This and it's you're right, Mike. It's the five and five songs. Yeah. It's so matured, and it's like everything I yeah. want the band to be because. I want this band to be this band is 20 years old at this point and I want them to be yeah. around in another 20 years and mm. if they were to continue mm. just to be this rock band they already they made the best one of the best rock albums of the 2010-2020 era mm. in AM yeah. and you can't make a better one than that if you're the Arctic yeah. Monkeys so one of their first album if you listen to like that first album and then this it's like a a an even greater kind of arc than like mm-hmm. please please me to Abbey Road. It's like it just goes in a very orchestral like oh, yeah. di- very different direction. A wild like math rocky stoppy British accent. Yeah, just punky. Not yeah. singing yeah. like you know these great and then like you get uh, the second song. Uh, I ain't yeah. quite where I think I am. Where it comes in with those. Yeah. Ah, 
Yeah, the harmonies on that were crazy. Yeah. And it just goes in this funky auto He's like, yes, and you're like, all right, I could do this. I'm down for all day. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm really into it. It is referencing the Bowie, but it's it's never in a way where you're like, that's this Bowie song. It's always just like that sounds like. Kind of like well, you know. yeah. Also, it's a it's a band of British guys. David Bowie's music came out fifty years ago, right? So it's like it's to be expected that, and he is one of the biggest British artists, especially of all time. So it's this, it's yeah. expected that he'll be an influence on them. And I like that this album referenced equally. Like I, there was Elton John reference, like the piano yeah. stabs were bending the Jets, and then you had like all the you know orchestrated shit that was really heavily Beatlesy. Mm. And you were you got like in this thing, and it was yeah. kind of taking up the flag for the great British rock band to continue. And they mm. are the great British rock band. They are like I've been saying to Mike this week. I was like, yeah, every one of their albums in the UK all like always debuts at number one. They always yeah. have like number one singles. Yeah. And until AM in America, like no coverage of the like. Well, the first album was huge, huge. But in the underground, you know what no, I mean. Even in America, it was huge. Yeah, yeah, but I was in high school when that came out. It was it was big, big, big album, album yeah. but like not like yeah. a pop album. Like it's played in the radio. You're gonna hear right, it everywhere. Right. AM right. playing the radio, big pop singles. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's not much rocking on this album though. No, not. but I it's a rock it. band, I, but I it's, like it's it, not though. a lot of rock and roll. Yeah. yeah, no, it like the last record that made me feel this like sort of. Th- I don't know if I, this might be a shot in the dark or it might show you my sort of disconnect with maybe like more modern pop music or whatever. But like when Wilco released Star Wars, I felt like it give it gave me the same sort of thing where it's like I put the record on and I'm like I'm in this world, like I'm yeah. in this kind of you know like that. It gave me that kind of vibes. Everybody, you know, different reference points. But yeah, I think ain't ain't quite where I think I am is great. I like Body Paint. The that what's the song that starts with Ottawa? Is that something about like jet skis or something? Oh yeah, jet skis on a moat. Jet skis on a moat. Yeah. Mo- some of the best like yeah. like crazy lyrics you've ever heard, and it's just okay. so so yeah. yeah. And that song's really really funky. That song has a, a writing credit as I don't know who it is, but uh, so I believe that's the song somebody sent him that song, the verse to that, and mm-hmm. but the first thing he sung to it was jet skis on a moat, and yeah. he just took that and ran with it and gave the guy that came up with that verse uh yeah. the writing credit with him on it so i thought that was sure. pretty interesting too yeah all around yeah i think i think it's a great record man and it does you blink and it's like for me anyway you, you blink and it's over it's even just... body paint like the imagery of like the model still having body paint on and that style writing is so like it's so creative and imaginative and it puts you there and it doesn't exactly tell you what's going on but it lets you fill in what's going on yeah, right. very evocative music. evocative and yeah. it makes you paint a picture in your mind and yeah. some a lot of this record you're like what is he talking about like jet skis on a moat and you kind of get the statement in the um out there elusive metaphor at times and you're like oh well maybe he's talking about some kind of grand you know what I mean? The yeah. use of metaphor is appreciated, and because you know, sometimes I don't want to be like, "This is about this." Sometimes I want to imagine a little bit. So this is a yeah, great, yeah, interpret a great record to crawl into, and a great record where Taylor Swift's at record was themed around midnight. This record is the car and themed around that yeah. style of what that's about. Like, look at the cover, and you, this is that album. Yeah. 
Um, do we want to give ratings? Are we there? Do you want to uh, want to go around the table? Because it looked like you were looking something up, so I didn't know. I'm if always was... looking something up. What were you looking up? Just everything. <laughs> um, yes. Um, like I said, if you like this album, listen to Hot Dreams by Timber Tamber. Listen to Black Star by David Bowie. Listen to uh, La Histoire of Melody Nelson by Serge Gainsbourg and Jane Birkin. Um, you know, this is like... When you get past nine for me, it's like this is an album I could play any time, any day, any mood, any feeling. So I don't know if it's past that because I would have loved to have like one or two more songs that were more upbeat. Mm. But I still, I am going to go slightly past. I'm going to say it's a nine five. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, it, it, it would be straight up a 10 if it had like one or two more things that kind of got the groove moving a little bit more. Yeah. But this is a nine five for me. It's because it's at least a strong nine. So I'm going nine five. Right on. I'm going to, I'm going to meet you in the nines. I'm just going to go for a straight flat nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, man, I love this. I love this. My, my, you know, reference point with Arctic Monkeys, uh, you know, the hits, I never really, you know, like delved Mm -hmm. deep into like their discography or their catalog. But I listen to it and I'm like, oh hell yeah, I can get it, you know. So I I want to I want to go backwards now. I want to mm-hmm. go back into the backlog and see like, all right, so what was what was going on? Like, can it, do we hear any sort of like, you know, anything that could predict that this album would be something that would come? So yeah, I'm gonna give it a nine. And my only doc to that is just like the vocals. Although I do enjoy them and I appreciate them in the way that everything's mixed and all that stuff, I would have liked a little bit more kiss of reverb in some spots and just like maybe a little less right on the microphone, maybe something a little bit further away. But that's just me. Stop listening to headphones, bro. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Jeffrey on a 9.5. I think it's perfectly like encapsulated in the mood. No song stray from the mood. Mm-hmm. It's right. It doesn't have that thing that makes it like a little more to be like the perfect perfect but yeah. it's right right it's super super mm. super close this is a really really great album and on the forefront of like a changing band that's um making new music and i feel like shout out to all the people that are like i like their old music better yeah uh, i like their old music yeah uh beatles change and every yeah. a good music change uh, bands Bowie. that don't change die and they become mm. Uh, you know, they just, that's how you die. Is they you never they get booked on the next year's version of when the we were, were young. young. Yeah. Right? So like that is those, a lot of those bands don't make yeah. albums anymore and they yeah. do the kind of sound like they used to. Yeah. So um, in a way, this is the great contrition of rock and roll and I hope it continues to go in this direction and two thumbs yeah. up. There you have it. Let us know what you think in the comments below. And before we finish, as always, don't forget to like and comment and subscribe and awaken the primordial algorithm from whence it whatever resides. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what are you going to do? From Until whence next week, it whatever. From whence it whatever. Who cares? Luke, are we, we going to get like uh, uh, like Je- are we gonna get like Jerry's final thoughts oh over here? <laughs> oh, Jerry's final thoughts. That's a throwback. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you know, on this episode, I'd like to wish us all a happy Halloween. I think it's going to come out after Halloween. Yes, have a happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have have, you know, and uh, yeah, you know. Watch out for that. Poison candy. Yeah, watch out for those tacks candy. in your Tic Tacs. <laughs> watch out for those those drug dealers giving away their their income. Medi- medical marijuana edibles yeah, to yeah, children. Right. Yeah, that happens, right? Yeah, no way. If anybody's had edibles, they know they're not sharing that. <laughs> get out of here. Go get your own edibles. <laughs> anyway, until next week, guys. Have a happy Halloween, and we'll see you next week. Stay spooky.